Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of Travels with Squeaky. Travels with Squeaky is a podcast for solo women RVers, campers, and van lifers. And I'm your host, Kathy Belge. In this episode of Travels with Squeaky, I talk with author Kat Annie, whose new book is all about how to stay safe and sane on the road as a solo woman RVer. Kat's been on the road for about four years now, and she's got some great stories and tips to share with us. So I'm glad you're here with us to listen to them. Well, Kat, Kat Annie, thank you so much for being a guest on the Travels with Squeaky podcast. Thank it's you. It's great to have you here today. Uh, Kat Annie is a full-time RVer, and she's been traveling for about four years now in her travel trailer, which she's going to tell us a bit about. And she is the author of The Boomer Nomad how I stay safe and sane on the road. And I really want to talk about this book because it's really great. Um, but let's start from a um, little bit. Tell us a little bit about where you're from and what you travel in. Okay. Well, where I'm from, uh, I always say New Orleans was my last known address. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I was living in New Orleans with my husband. Of, I guess we've been married 21 years now. And I bought a little travel, a teardrop trailer and in 2016 just for camping mm -hmm. and I thought oh my god people live in these and I just decided to sell everything I had and uh, become a nomad awesome um, so I had a little um 13 foot tab mm -hmm. fiberglass trailer and then about um a year and a half ago, a woman put this trailer I'm in now on the um, in our group, the tab owners group, and mm -hmm. um, she had remodeled it. And I wasn't really even looking for one of these, but I'm like, oh, I'm, I have to have it. It was completely impulsive. And within an hour, <laughs> I had uh, made a deal with her. Is this another tab? It's called a TADA, T-A-D-A. Okay. They only made them, the company that makes the tabs made these for only three years, 2008, nine, and 10. Mm -hmm. Only made 1,400 of them. Oh, okay. And yeah. So they're, they're rare. And uh, it was in, it, she, I was in California and she was in Alabama. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was trying to figure out, I bought it like sight unseen, which awesome. is, don't ever do that. That's so oh. stupid. Okay. <laughs> First bit of advice. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. And then um, I was trying to figure out how to get it to California. And my husband goes, he goes, well, you know, I'm going to be driving to California. Uh, why don't I just drive 500 miles north and get it for you? It's like, oh, my God. Awesome. <laughs> so he did that. Nice. That's just the kind of husband he is. And so how long have you been in this particular trailer? Since uh, February of last year, so about a year and a half. Okay, that's great. Um, and I know that you like to make the space that you live in, inside and out, um, very comfortable for your needs. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do to make your living space comfortable? Well, my the thing I'm most known for, because it's so visible, is... There are these awnings uh, and visors and type of tent type things that hook onto what's called a Keter rail mm -hmm. outside the trailer. It's an aluminum channel that you can feed what's called a Keter cord. 
hooked to this tent material and it makes all kinds of attached um, tent type things, awnings. And I, I secure them with uh, poles and I hang a lot of what I call hippie panels right. um, from them. And I, I make kind of like a, I don't know, I feel like, a, I don't know, something from a different culture. I can't even think of what it is. I feel very much like a nomad with a lot of fabric. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what, that's kind of what I was thinking of. Maybe like a gypsy type gypsy. thing. There gypsy. you go. Yeah. 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 It feels very like a gypsy. Okay. And it's very visible to other people, which I don't, I'm not trying to stand out. I'm not trying to show off, mm -hmm. but it's visible. Yeah, it is. It would and, be right. Yeah. Well, the first time I did it, I was in Santa Cruz, which should, you know, is a very liberal place. So but it was at an RV park and I, I was just learning how to set up all these fabrics and it really looked like a gypsy camp. Mm. And I thought, Oh my God, they're probably going to kick me out. They're probably going to come over and say, you know, you're an eyesore. You need to leave. And the manager walked by one day and she goes, I just love your camp. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So you talk a bit about in your book about how you need to create a very comfortable living space for yourself in order to do this lifestyle and the artwork and things like that. So you're not necessarily a minimalist. Not at all. Um, I just put these lights up, yeah. but it's not, a, it's not like a tape. It's very, it's very mm. thin LED lights with a sticky back. And I put them all on the, the, between the wall and the ceiling line because my trailer has curves. And it feels cozy. It's not a lot of trailers are very straight. Mm -hmm. and, and this one in the tab and, and others uh, have that curve to them, which to me is very feminine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it has these uh, maplewood cabinets that are made by the Amish in Ohio. Wow, gorgeous. Yeah, so I need that warmth. I like a lot of color. Um, okay. I've had men say things like, oh, that would drive me crazy, all those different patterns and colors. Um, not me. I just feel embraced nice. by a lot of pattern and color. Okay. So I want to back up for a second and hear a little bit more about what made you decide to become a full-time nomad in the first place? Well, I was just reading something. I was like in a diary. I remember um, when I first saw a picture of my previous trailer, the little teardrop, I was at a retreat in South Carolina. I remember exactly where I was, where I was sitting. This friend of mine, Nancy, showed me on her cell phone this little teardrop trailer that she had. And she said she travels in it by herself. And there's other women that do that. And I, I feel very emotional. Mm. I thought, what? Why? Why aren't I doing that? There's women with trailers by themselves. I felt such an ache inside. Wow. It just made me like, man, I got to do this. I've got to have this great adventure. Because there's been certain times in my life where I felt like my life was winding down. Mm. Like, okay, here's where you're going to die. Mm. And, uh, when I was 60, I guess I started out this trip when I was 62 or 63. Mm -hmm. Again, I had that feeling. I, I had this house I rented. 
across from New Orleans City Park. And I just thought, I'm gonna die here. This is, this is it. And then uh, just, I guess something in me said, don't, don't die here. Wow, okay. Yeah, so I, and then I, I had, a, you know, I'm a freelance writer and I, I get my, um, ma- I get checks in the mail. That's my favorite. That's why I'm always checking the mail. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, well, how am I going to get my money? You know, and uh, my main client called me one day and said, we're going to, uh, some of our writers, we're going to start doing direct deposit. And I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm going. Yeah. Awesome. All you need, it was, <laughs> all you need, it was direct deposit. Right. That was the fine. Now it does. Now it's funny because I work for a different company mainly and they don't have direct deposit, but I get my, but I'm doing so well financially because I'm not putting out all this money for rent anymore. Mm. So one of the things I think that's unique about your story is that you do have a husband and he doesn't travel with you. So I want to hear a little bit more about how that came about and how that's going. Well, thank you. I wanted him to come with me. I wanted, I wanted him to get his own trailer. Oh, okay. <laughs> because he's got a lot of stuff. He's a stuff person. And, okay. Um, I, I find that deadly. I find it, you know, life-threatening to be around that much stuff. So I wanted him to get his own trailer, fifth wheel, whatever, and let's travel together. Because mm. he loves, he's, I'm an introvert. He's an extrovert. And um, he knows so many people all over the country because of his, his work. He's a consultant for the building industry. And mm. I could just see in my mind, he would thrive. You know, he had all these assignments and tr- train people and he just never did uh, do it. But I, I wanted him to come with me. I wanted him, I mean, that would be my greatest desire because we just have such wonderful conversations. We love cooking together. Um, and I'm still holding out hope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I came across this, uh, couple in, uh, in Oregon, in, uh, Florence, Oregon at one of my favorite campgrounds. And she had a small, uh, vintage trailer and she made jewelry and mm-hmm. he had a big fifth wheel and I don't know what he did, but he traveled a lot. So they, they caravan together and he had a dog. So when he would travel, she would move into his trailer, into his mm. fifth wheel, and watch the dog for him. Mm. Um, and I just thought, I said, Bill, look, <laughs> look. So, um, yeah, I wish he would, but I guess he's not gonna. <laughs> Does he come visit you on the road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, my trailer is very small, so we need a little extra room to spread out. And because he works in his computer a lot and I have something called a clam shelter. It's a tent amazing uh, tent room I set up and um, we like I went to New Orleans uh, I was there earlier this year I was there uh, I guess November December January I was there for three months Mm -hmm. Um, that was amazing and then I, I I came back to California he comes out here couple of times a year and also we meet at his daughter's house in san antonio okay so he'll come from new orleans and so we see each other but not enough mm-hmm. yeah okay well yeah well fingers crossed that he'll he'll have a change of heart 
at some point down the road and maybe at least decide to come with you for six, eight months or, or something, if not full time. I was actually all lined up to try and buy an Airstream, a 25 foot Airstream, because it had just amazing amount of room and stuff. Mm. And I was, the reason I I was going to do that is so that he, he would come with me Mm. and, um, it was going to be a lot of money. It was $90,000. And, uh, I would have payments right now. I have no payments, mm. no debt. And um, so I was all ready to do that. And then, um, like I mentioned earlier, when we were talking, uh, um, my brother needs some help with a health issue he's having. And I just thought, you know what? I'm not really ready to like travel up and down the East coast right now. I need to stick close to my brother. Mm, okay. And this little trailer, I don't really need an airstream. I want to like, grow old in my airstream in some campground but right now this little 16 footer is so easy mm-hmm. all around to, to camp with so anyway I, just, I canceled the airstream oh okay so we were going to travel together but who knows what the future might bring but I sure hope we can before yeah. it's too late you know yes absolutely um, well Kat one of the other things that um, I think is a little unique for um, any of the guests that I've had on my podcast is the way that you travel. Can I Um, break in here for a second? Oh, absolutely. Go right ahead. I freaking love your podcast. Oh, thank you. I think I've, I've, I may, I'm sadly, I've probably listened to almost all of them. Why is that sad? Because where, where's the rest? You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to, now I'm going to have to wait, you know, you know, when you binge watch mm, something, it's like, you thought, well, I should have thought this through, you know, but I love your podcast so oh much. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I'm very new at this. So that, that means a lot to me. And what I mostly like for my own benefit is I get so stuck in my own reality. I just think either you're doing what I'm doing or I don't know what you're doing. And so by listening to your podcast, I realize how many different ways there are to, to camp and travel and nomad. There's so many ways. Yeah, I need that. I need, I need education Mm. on different ways that people do things so that I have more understanding and compassion. Well, thank you. Yeah. So my main inspiration is really is, is to inspire women and to tell their stories and exactly there's no one way to do it. I'm not doing it the same way you are. So, um, and that's what I feel too, is that hearing a woman out on the road, not afraid doing this thing. It's just so valuable to me personally. And uh, I want to thank you for that. Awesome. Well, I'm really, really happy to hear that. And, and likewise, I really enjoyed your book. I haven't finished it hundred percent, but um, I really like that. You, you know, you have some different perspectives than other people that are out there. And that's really what I'm about to share on this podcast is different perspectives, right? We're not out there doing it the same way. Right. Um, uh, so let's jump into that for a minute. We can talk a little bit about the book. Um, the book itself is how I stay safe and sane on the road. And I like that you combine those two things because they are so interrelated, safe and sane. Um, and I just, I'm just curious, what was the impetus for the book? What was the inspiration? Well, I started writing a book when I first started, um, traveling, before I started traveling, and I, I'm actually putting together another book called Travels with the Tiny, which is my website. 
uh, Travels with the Tiny. That's great because mine is Travels with Squeaky. So, <laughs> and I've named my book after with a nod to Travels with Charlie. Yes, Steinbeck's book because Steinbeck was my favorite writer. Mm. And by the way, there's a Steinbeck Museum in Salinas, California, and I cry every time I even say this, but the tr the the truck and camper that he used in Travels with Charlie is at this museum. And oh, I wow. walked through this museum and there's so many artifacts from his work. And then when I saw this truck, I mean, I'm just like, even now thinking about it, I'm just on the verge of tears. It is so powerful and meaningful to me. So anyway, I wrote all these essays when I was first got the tiny. I, I was so scared. Oh my God, I was so scared. I was just shaking the first time I, I, I towed it. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm like the least likely person to do anything like this. I have no mechanical skills, no sense of anything with physics or gravity or anything everything's a shock to me mm -hmm. um so scared and i wrote all these essays because i was just trying to process this so i was putting all these essays together for my book travels with the tiny a woman a dog and a tiny trailer on the road of life nice. and i started writing a chapter on on safety and i'm like oh my god this is this is this is a book right here i'm gonna i'm gonna take my attention off of my memoir here and write this book on how I stay safe. And that thing just exploded, um, probably way too long. Um, but I just, I realized so many women are scared of, of, of a man attacking them. Mm -hmm. That's not the danger. The danger is how am I driving? How are my tires? How's my mental health? Yeah. Uh, what's the air quality like inside my rib? What kind of water am I drinking? What am I eating? Then the, yeah. the, the thing about some man trying to kill us is so minor yeah compared to our real well-being is in our hands yeah so that's how that's how that book came about I love it I love the book uh well, I love you. you know I love the stories you even have the whole part about keeping your dog healthy yeah happy yeah you know I'm, I'm I'm making a print version so if anybody's listening um don't buy it yet if you don't like Kindle. Wait, because I'm putting out a um, a print version. I'm working on that with a, some guy in India. Okay, awesome. That'll be great. So yeah. I'm happy to hear your book's been doing well. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I got a little a little sticker like that said number one new book on travel or something like That's that. That's great. Um, That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. And I, I actually, what's nice about writing a book is you, you, you get to monetize it right away, you know, mm. start making money right away on an ebook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unlike traditional publishing, which, which has been oh. my route. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you get a, in advance, that's good. Yeah. Um, um, there's so many, I have so many goals and, and things I want to do. I'm still working for clients to make money, mm -hmm. um, but I'm hoping you know, I'm, I'm slowly transitioning to, I, I don't have to work anymore for other people because I just feel so inspired to do what I'm doing. All right. That's great. So Kat, what, what kind of writing do you do for clients? Just curious. Well, well there's a I, lot of, a lot I, of listeners want to make a living out on the road. So, okay. Well, I actually keep a very, uh, I, I keep a big wall between my travel life and my other life where I work. So mm -hmm. Um, but I basically do work for architecture magazines. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're a free, freelance writer? Freelance writer. And I have been my 
except for two years, I worked in a newsroom in Santa Barbara. Okay. And I realized I'm going to die. I'm going to freaking die if I have to keep coming in and being around people all day. Um, I, I got to be a freelance writer. Okay. So I did nice. that. That's been, yeah, I've been freelancing for like 35 years. Okay. Great. Cool. Um, so there's a quote in your book that I, I wanted to just shout out here. And it says, I'm actually shocked that I feel safe and sane. I didn't expect to. That's a line that you wrote in your book. And I just want to hear you talk a little bit more about that. I, I mean, I bought into the whole society thing, you know, don't women do not leave home. People are out there. They're looking for you. They're going to rape you first and then they're going to kill you so don't go anywhere stay home mm. just stay home and but the you know the idea of letting fear determine the rest of my life was unacceptable right um i i was reflecting on um the first time i went i took the trailer by myself camping across from new orleans across the lake to uh lake pontchartrain I mean, uh, Mountain Blue State Park um, across the lake. Um, I wrote this essay about it and I was so scared. And I wrote this whole essay that about what if, uh, you know, what if the bridge across the lake, what if overnight they dismantled it and it doesn't hit the shore, maybe it goes into space and I'll be floating out there like Sandra Bullock and, and George Clooney in gravity with no, you know, just my mind was like, or I'll get there and there's no campsite number 88 or there's someone else there, just fear, terror. And I'm like, but the fear of not doing it, the fear of staying home, of canceling my plans, canceling this whole thing was so much bigger mm. than the fear of going into the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, you face that fear. I faced that fear and I was like, you know, people always tell me, oh, you're so brave. And I'm like, yeah, I don't feel brave at all. Maybe once I conquered that fear, it's like, what could be safer? I'm sitting in, a, usually I'm in campgrounds, as you know, mm -hmm. trailer. I mean, I got food, I got my dog, I got internet. What, what's there to be afraid of? Yeah. I don't know. There's yeah it's laughable yeah but but it's it's the unknown that we're afraid of and if you haven't ventured into this lifestyle then you don't know what you don't know right and that's what i need more compassion about because i'm so stuck in my safe cocoon of being a nomad i don't even realize from the outside it might look scary yeah it can be i mean i was scared when i first headed out as well you know my fears weren't about bridges giving out, they were about breaking down in remote locations with no cell phone service, you know? So, um, it, it, I think, and that can happen. And it, and I have had breakdowns never, never where I haven't had cell phone service, but you figure it out. Things happen in life and you figure them out. That's the most empowering part. I think about it is you could even, you could, even one of your fears could come true and, but you still can deal with it and get through it. I do remember like there was a moment where I thought 
I am safe in my own hands. Yeah. What a great saying. Yeah. Yeah. I and like I'm that. Yeah. And oh, I have been, my husband is like shocked at how I have tried and, and accomplished so many things I would have had him do. Right. He's like, he's so proud of me mm. because I'm an inspiration to so many people. You are, you are. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, well, while we're talking about safety, um, th this came up when you and I were talking earlier, your pet peeve about women, uh, feeling like they need to sleep in the same place where their steering wheel is. Now I know that you are in a trailer. And so in order to get to your steering wheel, you would have to exit your your trailer to get into your vehicle, to make a quick escape, escape. Um, and there's a lot of talk on the internet, on a lot of the Facebook groups. And as a matter of fact, it is something that I personally considered. I'll, I'll, I'll own up to this. When I was considering what did I want to sleep in, um, I chose a rig with my bed and my steering wheel in the same location. But I know you have um, thoughts about that. So I'd love to hear them. <laughs> well, I always expected to get a, a road track. I was obsessed with road tracks for like 15 years. I always mm -hmm. thought I'd get one. Um, but, and you know what, it, it all depends on what kind of camping you do. If mm -hmm. you're camping in Walmart parking lots, if you're parking uh, on the side of the road, if you're camping out in the middle of nowhere, I can understand that. Mm -hmm. I would actually be terrified to be doing that kind of camping with my setup. But I love campgrounds. Mm -hmm. I love campgrounds so much. I can't tell you how much I love campgrounds. Um, and as you know, I do thousand trails, which is a, a membership thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was one of the questions that I did want to bring up here is your style of camping is a little different. You belong to a membership called thousand trails. Um, so want to tell us a little bit about what that is and why you love it so much. So thousand trails is a, a group of campgrounds, uh, under a common ownership. Um, and it used to be that you were a member of a thousand trails and no one else could camp in thousand trails, but members. Mm -hmm. Well, since, and they started 50 years ago, they just had their 50 year okay. um, anniversary. The very first one I've camped at several times in Chehalis, Washington. Mm. Yeah. And it's up in my neighborhood. Yeah. 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 Is where I go every summer. I go to your neighborhood every summer. Um, and uh, Dale Evans and Roy Rogers were the spokespeople for it. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful campground. Oh my God. Beautiful. So they, they've been around 50 years. And at some point, long before I came along, they let other people camp. You, they call it retail. So anyone can reserve a spot, but for, for the, for the membership, the thousand people, thousand trails, what you do is you buy what's called a lifetime membership. So it's a big chunk of money. Well, let me back up. There's something called a camping pass. It costs mm -hmm. $500 a year approximately. And it allows you to go to any thousand trails and stay for two weeks at a time. Okay. That's amazing. For $500? Yeah. It's crazy. It, that pays for itself in 10 nights. <laughs> That's right. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, 
probably what happens is a lot of people buy a thousand trails membership and then they don't use it. So, you know, it all works out because I use it now, Mm -hmm. but then the rule is you have to stay out of thousand trails for seven days. So you can stay for two weeks and then go somewhere else for two. You have to go not in thousand trails. So not in the system at all. Like you can't just go to a different. Okay. Correct. Two, how long? Two months? Two for two Two, weeks, two weeks, stay two weeks and then one week out. Okay. People, um, call it their week out. They'll say, where do you go on your week out? Gotcha. Um, now tents, you can only stay for a week. Mm. So you, in order to stay for two weeks, you have to have a trailer or motor home. You have to have something that's a legitimate RV recreational vehicle. Okay. So there's then that's so every year you pay your 500 or maybe it's up to 550 or 580, whatever. And you only get one zone. So you get either the Southeast, Northeast, there's five different zones. Gotcha. You got one zone. There's something else called a, a, a lifetime membership. And you buy that one time, a big chunk of money. And then you, you also pay your, your dues every year, which is the same as the camping pass. You pay your mm. dues, but you get to stay three weeks at a time and then you can go directly from there to another thousand trails. Gotcha. But you can't come, you can't stay in the same thousand trails. Right. Um, so you don't get that sense of people just stuck because everyone's, they do have something called an annual lease. So you can lease certain sites, but in general, there's a good sense of turnover. So, you know, I like that. I like the mm. turnover. Um, mm-hmm. And okay, so what I love to do is find a, a site that's excellent for me. And I'm working on another book called How to Choose a Campsite because I'm so picky. Yeah. Find the perfect campsite and set up, you know, put my stabilizer jacks down, put up my awning, my hippie panels, a table. I got my air fryer, I got my dog's bed, I got rugs lights solar lights a fence yeah. it looks like a little cottage to me okay and then i with my car I, I come and go go shopping sightseeing my dog and i we have to leave the campground once a day we just have to for our mental health go into town walk around that's my perfect life and then after about two and a half weeks i start feeling like i think i'm ready for a change All right. So we were talking about your style of travel and you're staying in a place for three weeks, about two and a half weeks in, you start to get antsy. How do you decide? Do you plan a year in advance? Do you have to have reservations at these thousand trails? So every um, membership, there's different levels of membership. Some of them you can reserve 90 days in advance. With the camping pass, you can only reserve 60 days in advance. So I can reserve 90 days in advance. If I had a fancier membership, it goes to 120, 180, and 210. So some people can reserve way that much in advance. So I have 90 days in advance, and I'm usually uh, fully booked. So it's 90 days in advance. So it's 90 days from the first day of, of your last further out. Uh, reservation. So it's basically four months. I'm always completely booked. 
and they make it very easy to cancel your reservation. So mm. the idea is to get yourself booked. So I want to know that I, every night I have some, somewhere to be. That's my, my comfort level. I'm not, I'm a very conservative traveler, a very conservative. I'm not this looking for a boondocking spot. To me, that would be exhausting and frightening. Okay. I want to know where I, where I am going to be. And then if my plans change, it's so easy. You go online, you can cancel or edit your reservation. If there's space, if you're trying to get into somewhere really popular during the hi height of the season, it's hard to get in. Yeah. I was going to ask what about like, you know, all the snowbirds who want to be down South in the wintertime. So, yeah. So that's when it gets uh, tricky, you know, like, you have to keep checking if there's any cancellations. I'm usually, if I really want to get into somewhere, uh, I'm like, I know that Thousand Trails is located in central time zone. And the, you know, when my 90 day window opens, it's at midnight central time. And I'm like on there, just ready to press the button. Oh, okay. And then you can call Thousand Trails. Can you tell me what days might be open? So if you're aggressive and assertive about it, you can get in wherever you want. But if you're passive, if you just like two weeks in advance, try to get into Key West, you know, in uh, December, and then you go, I couldn't get in. I can never get in anywhere. You know, it, that doesn't work. Um, mm -hmm. Now, a campground, not in the season where it's too hot, it's hurricane season in Key West, or it's cold and, and windy up in Oregon, you don't need much lead time. There's gonna be some openings. So, okay. but I follow the seasons. So okay. I'm with everyone else. I'm wanting, but I'm aggressive, I'm assertive. So you've been on the road four years now. Do you have a route that you traditionally travel or do you like to go to different places all the time? Or do you like to come back to the same places? Same places. <laughs> okay. I want to be more adventuresome. Um, basically, it's up and down the, the West Coast. So, mm -hmm. and um, I love Oregon and Washington in the summer. The coast of Oregon. Yeah. Oh my God. It's world class. It is. Yeah. There's 4,000 trails on the coast of Oregon. Uh, and then there's one, there's, I, I stay on the coast, you know, because of this fire thing we have going. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to say about that, but I do not want to be camping where there's fire danger. They cut the power. You, 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 it's just very, feels very dangerous these, lately. Mm -hmm. I stay on the coast of Oregon. I feel like in the summer on the coast of Oregon is the safest place to be in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I kind of go uh, north and south and then, but twice in these four years I've gone to New Orleans okay um, for the winter so I would really like to go up the east coast I want to go to Utah mm -hmm. I, I'm scared I'm scared of the unknown okay so, we all are right yeah a heap of overcoming that fear for me to but right now because of my my helping my brother uh I'm pretty much not going far away right now. Yeah. Okay. That makes so sense. I've just decided to really explore as much of California as I can. There's mm. 18,000 trails in California and I've only mm. been about half of them. Oh, okay. 
So right. there's one near Yosemite, Lake Tahoe. There's two down near San Diego. Like, what am I waiting for? So, yeah, yeah I mean, scared. I, I like the, my same campgrounds. I like my same site. Why are you in my site? You know, because when you get there, ah. you can't fight. Oh, okay. And somebody's in my favorite site. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I have to try a different campsite. Okay. So even though you're on the move and you're traveling, you have like, you have a routine and, and it's pretty, um, and you go to the same places and, uh, and that's, that's what works for you. Well, also, I want to say that I have a lot of relatives in California, mm. cousins, and just to be able to go camp somewhere within driving distance of them and hang out with them. It's just been so precious for me. I've gotten so much closer to my cousins and being able to be here with my brother. Yeah. Right. Um, I bring my house with me. I'm so comfortable. Yeah. And all my vibes. I'm really sensitive to other people's vibes and I can't stay in their house. I can't be exposed to everybody else's uh, agendas. I I'm, I'm a special needs person. So I bring my vibe with me, my vibe mobile and I come in here and I just feel completely centered and whole and then I'm of more service yeah that's great yeah that's one of the things I love most about traveling is just getting to visit people friends all over the country yeah so that's a great part of having a your own little home to travel and you don't have to worry about putting them out maybe you'll, you might take up a little driveway space but they want me to come in and use the guest room and I they, they they're borderline insulted but mm. no please no I'm bringing my own bed you who wouldn't want their own bed yeah exactly and then when I went up to Oregon there I have some friends up there and every year we meet up and have a camp out boy and we did that in July July oh my god so much fun mm. they came to my campground and rented cabins well, that was one of the things I was going to ask. So for people who are interested in, in maybe exploring what it's like to be a Thousand Oaks member, Thousand Trails, sorry, Thousand Trails, right? <laughs> Thousand Oaks, <laughs> Thousand Trails member, um, that you can go and stay at the campgrounds if you're not a member to check them out and see if it's, it's your vibe and, and right. Okay. Well, I want to, I mean, and they they rent cabins, so go get a cabin and okay. And, but the thing is, they're very, very, very different in quality. So mm. there are some that are wretched, horrible. Oh, okay. Interesting. Some that are heavenly. Gotcha. So, but the ones that I find wretched and horrible, other people love. So you got to, you can't really go to just one and figure it's not cookie cutter at all. Gotcha. And also I want to mention that there's, these lifetime memberships, you can actually buy what's called a used membership. Mm -hmm. um, each membership, I believe you can sell one time. I'm not sure. My particular one that I bought, I bought a used one. Um, my particular one, I think is the only one called a platinum that can be resold unlimited times. Oh, so what, how much does a platinum membership cost new and what it, what's it go for on the used market? Well, they don't have them new anymore. This is one that, you know, they, oh, okay. they keep coming out with new ones like this one. Now that the latest one, I think they called the ultimate odyssey. It's like $10,000. Wow. Okay. Um, the one I bought, I paid 20, 
Um, okay. And does I, that allow you to go anywhere in the country or is it? Yeah, that's okay. a, not the uh, lifetime membership. That's, so, and then there's an add-on thing you can buy called the trails collection, which adds. Um, so I have like, and that's 300 a year. So I actually pay 900 a year for my rent and utilities. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I just paid that because I, I used to pay it by the month, you know, like yeah. bucks a month. And I'm like, now I'm doing better. So I'm just like, I'll just pay my whole rent and utilities in advance. Here's your $907. Wow. I added up all the money I've spent on thousand trails and all the nights I've sp- stayed in thousand trails, all the money for my lifetime membership, all my dues. And it's averaging less than $4 a night. So That's incredible. Okay. Incredible. It's so stupid. It's ridiculous. It's the best purchase of my entire life. So now I've stayed at KOAs um, where sometimes you can even get like swimming pools and hot tubs and things like that. Is the thousand trails like that? Or are they more basic like your state park with just showers? Good point. Good point. They all pretty much all of them have swimming pools. They have what they call a lodge or they have um, they have something called pickleball, which is like tennis for old people, I guess. Yeah, yeah. basketball courts a lot of them have these old mini golf they're they're pretty worn down most of them um but so it sounds like maybe family oriented are they more family family okay very family oriented um so since you're traveling the same circuit and staying at the same kind of campgrounds do you meet people and then run into them again yes 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 this couple, when I was up here last time, uh, I had seen them before. They knew my name. I'm terrible with names. And they come up on me and go, Kathy. And I'm like, oh, my God. What's your name? Again? Yeah. But they came every day. They would walk up this hill past my camp. Every single day, they would bring my dog some milk bones. Aww. And we got very close this time. And we exchanged um, phone numbers. Um, I had seen them before. And then there's another couple that were there with me during the lockdown. Uh, and then uh, I met this woman, um, I'm, I'm, I, I wanna have her come on your show. Her name is Ellen and she's a dog trainer. Oh, and cool. I'd love for you to talk about how- Yeah, definitely send me a referral to her, absolutely. And uh, so I've met a lot of women that we actually, I don't know, not a lot, but a few, that we've actually gone out of our way to be together, you know, to, yeah. to be in the same place. Um, up in uh, LaConner, Washington. Oh, I love this thousand trails. It's amazing. I've met my friend up there and then she had a friend and then there, there was four single women along this row of camp of campsites. Mm. And we all had dogs and every night at seven, we would go out like a, a gang with our dogs and do a walk around the campground. That was pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, I've definitely, I wasn't expecting that. I was not expecting to be making friends and seeing people again. And it's a real community feeling. I wanted that feeling of being completely thrust out into the world. I got rid of everything, no storage unit for me, no holding on to stuff. I was so adamant about that. So I'm just strange that way. No, a lot of people want to do it that way. I just like my house because actually it's a source of income for me because I can rent it out when I'm traveling. Oh, very good. Yeah. Well, Kat, awesome. I really want to thank you for being a guest today on my podcast. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention? And I also want to ask, like, what's on the horizon for you? You mentioned one new book. 
Um, oh yeah. New books. Uh, where can people find you if they want to follow along with your journeys? Well, I blog. I haven't been keeping up on my blog as much as I, I want to start doing better. I have a ton of material on my blog, travelswiththetiny.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Called my small other trailer, The Tiny. Um, this trailer's tiny, but I don't call it The Tiny. So I, I, but I love that title. I love the blog. And I, if anybody, I, I would love to do more like podcasts or radio shows or something. I want to do anything I can to help inspire women. Yeah. Get out here. This is our world. It is so safe out here. I swear. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that because, you know, maybe it's not for some people. I don't know. But for me, shockingly safe. Mm -hmm. And I, I, anything I can do to help women uh, overcome that fear. I'll list all this in the show notes so people can find it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been, I feel like I've been like, It's my birthday or something. Oh, yay. Nice. I so enjoyed that episode with Kat. It was great to hang out and chat with another writer. I'll make a link in the show notes to where you can purchase her book, The Boomer Nomad, How I Stay Safe and Sane on the Road. Here are my key takeaways from this week's episode. Number one, make your space beautiful. You're going to be spending a lot of time in it. Bring things in there that make you feel comfortable. Number two, there are many ways to negotiate relationships. If your significant other doesn't want to do this with you, go ahead and do it on your own. Number three, don't buy into the notion that you can't be safe and sane as a solo woman on the road. Remember Kat's mantra, I am safe in my own hands. And number four, Being full-time doesn't necessarily mean you need to be traversing the country. You can stay in one geographic area and still have lots of adventures. Thank you for listening again to another episode of Travels with Squeaky. You can find more content for solo women RVers and campers over at travelswithsqueaky.com. And if you like what you heard today, please consider leaving a review, subscribing, and sharing with a friend. It really helps us. It means a lot. Travels with Squeaky theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And if you have a topic you'd like to see covered, email us at travelswithsqueaky.com. Until next week, see you out there on the road.